Did you just say something about banging your foot? Did you hit your foot? Yeah, I just, it's already been a rough enough week, Brendan. I just <laughs> banged my foot on this chair that you, you know, yeah, this, lack of social distancing that you enforced me on with this chair. Hey, I didn't force you to come in here today, but yeah, right. you, you were 10 minutes late. And I just, if I'm going to be quarantined, I was hoping to be with you guys. So I'm just glad, you know. Well, we, we, we can't leave our audience hanging. I mean, normally it's just me and you in here. But, but uh, today we're joined with Aaron Russell. Uh, of course, uh, we talked about Aaron Russell on our last episode. And, well, he's on here today. Well, oh, that's uh, hopefully good. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no how, how are you today, Aaron? I'm doing well. Thanks for thanks for having me, Brennan and, sure. and Daniel. Uh, you're, you're here our as well. Pleasure. <laughs> our pleasure. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's just uh, no secret to anybody. It's been a hectic week for sure. Sure has. Uh, with a lot of things going on and, uh, you know, know we're just here to try to you know provide some clarity i guess uh, are things clear to you any any more i mean it depends on the minute of the day Brennan, because yeah. everything's changing so rapidly honestly mm-hmm. it's just it's hard to for any of us to wrap our heads around what's going around uh, going on stuff changes just thinking about where we were a week and a half ago to where we are today it's it's definitely hard right. to to fathom everything that's happened yeah and i know in our last episode we talked a lot about uh, the chances of schools closing and well we're way past that now oh yeah uh, so uh, we'll kind of like a year ago now. yeah exactly so we'll look into that today uh, talk about some other things going on all of this today on convergence okay so you know usually we try to get a little personal on here and figure out what's going on in each of our lives. Uh, so, you know, I'll start. Uh, this week has just been a little crazy uh, for me personally, just because I think uh, trying to balance everything at work, but also, you know, it's like, gosh, you know, you get off work and then there's nothing else to do uh, because everything's closed and, uh, you know, not going to dinner like I normally do or not doing any of this. So what about you, Daniel? Uh, it's pretty much been business as usual for me, Brendan, as one of my friends texted me today. They're like, Daniel, you're a Sagittarius. You're one of those loners who just, you know, doesn't want to come out and do anything. You too, Daniel. Exactly. <laughs> I was just like, man, we should have been doing this a long time ago. We're right? getting on the same page. But, I bet you your know, cats love this. My cat's like, why do you, you know, you're home more, though, from work. We don't want to see you this yeah. much, dude. Yeah. Get a life. But uh, big thing for me, you know, I like to go to YMCA and play basketball, and it's right. been closed, and that's that's been an adjustment. And it's Sad to see, you know, so many businesses closed, so many things closed, but it has to happen. I know nobody wants to hear that, but yeah. it's the only thing to keep people safe. That's right. Well, I know Aaron and I, you know, when Aaron's uh, here in Glasgow, usually we're always uh, having lunch or dinner. And so it's just virtually not been an option. Uh, but Aaron's been hanging out at my place. So uh, what else has been going on? Oh, with me, uh, a lot. Well, as as the world has uh, had a lot, uh, we've seen you know talking specifically about all the uh, the school closings as uh, we were discussing right before we started recording. You know, all the all the university shutdowns. Mm-hmm. And I uh, went to the University of Kentucky this past year, and so kind of moving back from Lexington and and moving out of out of that. Uh, area, which that area has been kind of on high alert for the past couple of weeks, due you know with the first case of the virus being yeah. uh, being located there, being at uh, ground zero, it's been a lot of. Uh, uh, tenseness. I remember the the night that the first case was confirmed in Lexington. I went to a concert. I know that's terrible, but I went to a, a concert over at Rupp. Daniel, we're not safe in here right you, now. You're not at all. But I went. <laughs> and but I'm I'm in the Uber home, and 
Jeez, I know, right? I just, I just make worse. it. I just make it so much worse. Transportation. <laughs> you know, I shake yeah. hands with everyone. Yeah, he said, like the Uber driver was talking about how uh, he's like any ride that's remotely close to the hospital, I'm canceling. He's like, sure. I've canceled three already. I'm canceling the rest of them. And I'm getting, I'm stopping my driving an hour early. And that was just the first case, the mm-hmm. first day, and just from there we've seen everything crazy. So that's just uh, my personal experience up there yeah. uh, in life in general. Though it's been i guess you know even though the world is as tense as we talked as you mentioned it's a little boring at at, at mm-hmm. ground level because mm-hmm. uh you're yeah, you, as you say you get done with work you go home and you just yeah there's no sports on tv either so what so are we you go what? to glasgow daily times.com <laughs> exactly. right? and, uh, you or know, iwclu yeah, I radio <laughs> sorry my yeah, bad Brendan. Well, well you know i Good kudos to you all, of course, uh, with uh, all of your coverage. I know you all are working hard. Uh, newsrooms, newsrooms across the nation are. Um, but I think that's an interesting concept. Of course, you kind of being in more of a metro area in Lexington, um, having you know seen a little bit more uh, where confirmed cases are. I know here in Barron County, we've uh, been a little heightened lately. I mean, I, I've went to some stores this week just to see what it's really like, and it's true. I mean, some the shelves are bare, and yes. people are scrambling around. Uh, I know the governor has consistently uh, been updating uh, every day, and, and you know that's another point of conversation too. Is that um, Governor Andy Bashir's received a lot of positive feedback on the ways he's uh, been handling this? Yeah, he's definitely taken a good leadership position, a calming influence during a you know very unsure time for all of us Kentuckians and all Americans, uh, you know, just dealing with something none of us have really dealt with in our lifetime to this level. And he has done a great job of providing factual information, not, you know, putting out information or trying to scare factor, you know, trying to rile up any sort of emotions one way or the other. And he's done it in a bipartisan fashion. Uh, you know, we've seen our president kind of get toward that level recently, which is great, but he didn't start out on that level. We've seen some other governors kind of be political about things and other both sides of the aisle throwing mm-hmm. barbs at the other over this. But Bashir, uh, first of the week, he had Michael Adams up, who's Republican, and they both were, you know, working kind of side and side, talking about some of the things they're doing about the voting and changing the primary time and whatnot, and really, really uh, showing some great leadership here in the Commonwealth. Which is a big thing, too. I know in the news world, of course, with uh, the election, you know, being moved um, here in Kentucky, that's uh, that's just interesting because, you know, that usually doesn't happen. But uh, I know with Aaron, you know, being a sports fan, too, especially, there's some, you know, things. I mean, even you, Daniel, you kind of talked about that, too, with basketball last episode. I know uh, that's been completely wiped out. You know, horse racing is a little, you know, that's been postponed. Uh, so everything, life for sure, this is, a you know, something that's historical for sure. I mean, looking looking back in 20 years, you know, this is something we'll look on and say, wow, that was, that was strange. Um, hopefully we'll have overcome it in 20 years. I, I'm mm-hmm. speaking very um, optimistically right now. So. <laughs> We just look at how much has changed over the past week and a half. You know, a week and a half ago, we never thought they'd cancel NCAA tournament over this. We never thought this would affect mm-hmm. schools the way it has. But you always, especially I think as journalists, we look to people who can speak factually about things and right. not speak out of passion. And when you listen to the CDC, even two or three weeks ago, you listen to medical experts go, they were saying this is very contagious. It's dangerous. It needs to be addressed. And when you saw those early cancellations, a lot of those people, the NBA was really the first major mm-hmm. sports league to cancel anything. A lot of them took a lot of criticism, but I think they were listening to factual information. And now each day, I I don't really like being critical, but I've seen a lot of my friends on Twitter and Facebook post the numbers. And, you know, we've had 
more victims of this, that, and the other. This disease kills more people, and look at this small number. And you know, any any death is terrible, regardless of how it comes. But if you look at the numbers, how they're growing so much exponentially daily, you can just see why there was such a concern from the medical community. And when you saw what it did in other countries, uh, why these decisions have had to be made. Yeah, yeah. And also, too, you're talking about sort of the journalist role in this. And, um, of course, you know, getting the factual information, I think, is important, too. But also, um, the other side of journalism is really seeing how people are being impacted by this, too. And uh, that's been an interesting concept. I know a lot of, uh, you know, it's just it's limited, of course, when you're trying to consider, okay, do I want to cover something that will get the news out or do I want to figure out a way to show the impact of this uh, when you're in such a small market as we are? But on the bigger level, I guess you have a lot of uh, options of coverage. And so, um, you know, just seeing some images, you know, coming about of people, um, you know, how this is working. I know you all, of course, had a story uh, that I think was in uh, today's paper, if I or yesterday, I can't remember, um, about the dairy uh, that's, right. you know, started out and, yeah, right. and trying to help out uh, amidst that. So, you know, yeah. stories like that are important, too. But like sure. you said, I mean, just from this well, this point of view, I think it's uh, very um tumultuous you know it's trying to get all these facts out just pushing it all out and it's i think situations like this should make everyone realize how important local news are Mm -hmm. is you know we've seen a lot of cuts to local news across the nation in recent years and when something Mm -hmm. like this happens well guess what cnn will give you national you know the national scene about it or fox news or whatnot but you need local trained journalist in the field yeah. to provide factual information man, to dispel some of the fear that's out there that's caused by paranoia. And I'm not saying people should not be, I won't use the word fearful, but you know, uh, concerned about what's going on, but you know, I'm sure you guys can, you know, you youngsters know about this more than I do on social media. You see so many things posted that are, you know, from, allegations about the government setting up this takeover. And, yeah, you know. that, that is one of the insane things that, yeah, you've, uh, you've seen already. It's just the, ima- the the many takes and the many directions yep. that has been. Uh, the, for, it, the, the, the memes themselves have been insane. Right. And, and the fact that people take memes for... for There's some who do. There's some that do. And uh, just the the crazy different ways that even some that seem laughable, people take seriously. Sure. And so that's there's a lot of misinformation. And that's where... Uh, you know, I think part a part of this, the, the, the craze and the panic comes from that, you know, that almost, I'm, I'm sure that happens in any type of pandemic, but in today's setting with, uh, with, you know, today's, uh, today's online world, it's, you can easily tell just the difference that it, that has made, uh, and, and, and how, how that's worked. And that's, what's so frustrating. I think for real journalists is you hear all this talk about fake news and fake news. The fake news is there and it's all over your Facebook feed. Mm -hmm. And when you hear Mm -hmm. people saying, well, I can get the news off Facebook if local news goes away, it's like, yeah, this is what you're going to be stuck with. Exactly. Uh, You know, I mean, I have received text messages and been forwarded Facebook posts, some of the most ridiculous things ever. And I'm not saying I agree with by any means with every politician out there. I don't agree with Donald Trump on a lot of things he said and done. I don't think Donald Trump's an evil person plotting on ways to, you know, hurt us all. I don't think there's Democrats in power out trying to set up these things to hurt us. This is not a media creation. This is not a, you know, a political thing unless we make it that this is a pandemic. This is medical experts saying this is not something to be played with. And, this situation to me has turned into a lot like politics today has. You have one extreme that says 
there's nothing wrong. I'm going to go about life as usual. Everything's fine. Why should I change anything? And then you have the other extreme on the other side that's, you know, oh my gosh, the sky's falling. We have to go out and buy 80 gallons of milk. We got to go buy some guns. We got to go buy this, that, and the other. We can't, it, it's the end of the world. And neither side is really right. And the middle where most of us are at are going to be affected by those extremes because, you know, if we don't do anything, then these cases are going to continue to go up and the government's going to continue to have to put more regulations on us. And if, you know, we react in a way where we think the world's about to come to an end, then we have some major issues, you know, with running out of food, with food shortages, with Mm -hmm. hurting each other and, you know, ways that, because we're, we're acting this way and causing fear. So, you know, we, we just need some sensible reactions and not to believe just everything you hear on Facebook to just turn it off after a while. I mean, I'm a, I'm a journalist and I love the news Last night I got home, I was so exhausted uh, just mentally from dealing with this all week and stuff. I just made it a point. I cannot watch anything related to the news. I'm not going to look at anything. I'm going to watch an old movie. You need to stay informed. You need to get your facts. You need to prepare and do what you need to do. But you don't need to turn it into a fearful thing where you're just all day long being barraged. Because in the 24-hour media cycle we're in, you have to have something to talk about if you're on you know live broadcast TV all day. So, But it turns into a lot of speculation of what may occur, what may happen. You need to be prepared. You need to get your facts, but you don't need to spend all day listening to these worst case scenarios. It may come to that one day, but you can prepare for that without living in fear in the interim. Right. And I've been approached, of course, uh, like you, I think, with things being thrown like, well, I just think this is a completely political process. It, It's only happening uh, you know, I've heard from conservatives, it's only happening to try to shed bad light on Trump, you know, well, I mean, that's how nonsensical does that sound? You know, like we're, we are literally shutting everything down for politics. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a valid or a thing to say. Now, I don't know, some people would argue that. But the thing that I think with all of this is that we're, you know, like I try to show positivity in a lot of things. Um, and I think that this is really showing how the world, um, you know, can just stop, you know, it's just not, I don't know. Like it's just, I've seen the pictures from a lot of major cities across the world that are just, just empty streets. And it's just like amazing because I'm thinking, wow, like life has just stopped for people and it's just happened in, you know, a few short weeks, Uh, of course here in the United States, it's all happening now, but you know, even a couple months ago, this is what life started looking like in China and moving across Europe and now here. So uh, it's it's kind of like uh, daylight. It's just it's moving west, mm-hmm. I, I guess. So it's. I'd like to get your all's thoughts on the argument that we're hearing of is are these precautions worth doing as opposed to what's going to happen now with our economy? Is it is it worth it? Don't everybody uh, speak up at once. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> It really is. Uh, that is a, a great question, and you really wonder. That, that's that's one of those things that I don't. I'm, who knows? And mm-hmm. in large part, um, but you, if if everyone's gone, right. you don't have an economy. Right. So if if everyone's sick, right. and, and your country fails in that way, and you don't have anybody to make up the backbone of that, right. uh, there is no economy. Right. So that's where I would think any precaution in, in keeping people healthy is better than any precaution in keeping, I guess, uh, the economy in a, in a, in a better sure. state. Mm-hmm. Sure. Repropose that question really quick. Um, I feel like Alex Trebek. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, you do are. you think, that you hear this argument a lot of, you know, this isn't worth shutting all this down because of what's going to happen, mm-hmm. potential recession, potential depression. We've heard numbers right. as high as 20% for unemployment. Well, 
the thing that I think is that there are, yeah, people are suffering from this economically, especially right now. I mean, you, it's, you, I mean, look around right now. There's no one out shopping because they've been told that you can't do that. Or there are, you know, restaurants that I'm sure are probably not getting as much service simply because people just aren't going to stop by, you know, you can get margaritas go now, Brendan. That's no longer an excuse for you. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, delivered. <laughs> delivered. I mean, you can't get a margarita delivered actually. What? Because it's not a sealed beverage. I saw Garcia's what? Garcia's put on Facebook earlier that they are happy to bring you any sort of sealed beverage, excluding margaritas. This is not acceptable. I, We're going to do a different. I'm just going to make them at home. At, I'm just going to make them at home in my <laughs> blender from this point. So, uh, but anyway, I don't, it, it's just like the spring breakers video. I'm sure you've seen oh, it. Lord. Everybody's seen it. Yeah. I don't uh, care if they'll get coronavirus, yeah. bro. It's just like, okay, I, I don't, I don't care. I've got to make money. I've got to live. But the thing is, is that I don't feel like our governmental leaders are, are leaving you hanging. They're trying to find ways uh, to provide some money to you during this crisis, but it's just this process. The reason why we're having to take such drastic measures is because people don't listen. You can't just tell people, Okay, social distance and we'll be okay because no one's doing that. Yeah. I mean, people are still I mean, huddling yeah, in one room. Yeah, right what did y'all make us come in here for? Aaron, this is your fault. But on a serious note, though, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's having a negative impact on the economy here locally. It is. I mean, you could just see it and I get it and it's it's bad, but it's just, it's just not an option. And people, you know, it's like, okay, well, why don't we do this for the flu, whatever. First of all, the flu is seeing record numbers right now, too, sure. across the nation. I mean, that's uh, something else amidst this. Uh, but the other thing is, is that it's not, I mean, the COVID-19 is, is new. Like, it's novel, as it's, yeah. you know, being termed novel coronavirus. That means it's something that we haven't seen before. Yeah, right. there's coronavirus out there, uh, but this particular virus this strain if you will is something new and this mm -hmm. is why we're having to find new methods no of treating it. yeah we're having to find new ways to treat it uh and which is really uncertain right now and i think a lot of people don't realize that and having studied a lot of um you know, a lot of uh, biology over the years and such. Um, you know, I've told you before. We're going to talk we, about your sex ed class again? No, 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 no. <laughs> but, we, but we do, we can talk about briefly, you know, I just was like Doogie Hauser growing up, essentially, <laughs> just wanting to go into medicine. That, yeah. yeah. Um, so just knowing a lot about biology and such, you know, uh, people don't understand viruses to begin with. A virus is not a bacteria. It doesn't have uh, its own little cellular processes that you can just go in and kill it with an antibiotic. Uh, a virus is essentially non-living in the way it infects your cells and uses your cells as a powerhouse to reproduce. Well, with COVID-19, that's exactly what it's doing, but we don't even understand its methodology right. and how it's uh, infecting people. So if we can't even understand how this virus infects you and reproduces and, and causes, you know, all the symptoms that it does, how do we expect medical professionals to know how to treat it at this point? So uh, that paper doesn't kill, kill it. No, <laughs> oh. I wish. I mean, well, I don't because there's none, there's none, yeah, you know, true. people just, I was yeah. literally in the grocery store yesterday and people found it and they're just walking out with it. But Aaron, you have something? Yeah. Uh, just one thing that I've seen is like, you see this with any historical event that comes up. You seem a lot of them are photoshopped, but it's like a screenshot from The Simpsons. You ever y'all seen that online right, where it's right. like everyone's like The Simpsons are time travelers, right. and people are trying to do that with the coronavirus as well. Well, the 
coronavirus has existed. Like the, this is a, exactly. it's a blanket term, and I'm sure you can explain that further, Brennan, because I was not Doogie Howser, unlike him. <laughs> unlike yeah. him. Uh, so I, I can't tell you specifically, but when people, like, I remember someone put a, took a picture of a back of, like, Clorox wipes, and it says, like, something about exactly. human coronavirus on it's the like, back. See, and it's, it's always like, existed. Yeah, it's like... But not COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's where I'm glad finally, you know, people are using the term COVID-19 as this, because the term coronavirus is more of a blanket term, if I understand right. that. So on a, on a very basic level, uh, what I can explain is like, take for instance, uh, you know, each year the flu mutates. We hear that consistently. The flu is a virus. You know, it's not, there's not a bacteria that causes flu. Like for instance, if you have a staph infection, it's because you have a bacteria that causes that. If you have strep throat, you have the presence of Staphylococcus aureus, you know. Spilled it. I, I, I can't have had a piece of paper. Anyway, but anyway, that, what I'm trying to say is, is a virus each time it, it mutates. And right. you know, you get in this whole big argument about whether you believe things evolve and whatever, but it's, this is what we know. We know that viruses can change. They can mutate. So coronavirus, this COVID-19 is its own unique strain. It's not something that's just, you know, the the same, like you said, generic, whatever, coronavirus. So, yeah, and, and that's why I've chosen to identify it, you know, especially when I'm writing and, about and I think COVID-19. It should be. Yeah, I think that's where it should yeah. be widely adopted. Um, I know uh, when it was first started, people just called it the coronavirus. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if there was an official term at that moment or, or when things were first covered. I'm sure there were. Right. Uh, but, sure. but I'm glad that that's being utilized now because, yeah, you, uh, that – helps clear up a lot of confusion, I think, right. especially online, because, yeah. and, and just talking about the online impact, and just how, as you've mentioned earlier, Daniel, about going on, you just have to turn it off, because you'll see mm-hmm. one saying, we're, we're, we're two steps, we're getting better, um, and then one saying, we're three steps behind, you mm-hmm. know, it's like... And yeah. the sources for them are... Yeah, it's like, yeah. My uncle told me that we had this back in the 70s, and we're fine yeah. now, don't you believe it? Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing about the flu that you mentioned is another thing that really grinds my gears, because... I didn't I know you had we, any left. We have, I have a few left. It's just like, <laughs> kind of when your brakes are done and you're yeah. hitting the drum. That's what it sounds like. Your right brakes. <laughs> exactly. But like, you get those things changed. Sorry. Yeah. We've had probably in the Daily Times, I'm sure you are, we probably had 15 flu stories this year before mm-hmm. any of this occurred. We had multiple front page stories where reporters talked to the school system about what was going on, doctors mm-hmm. about getting. Well, I mean, school systems closed. Yes. Yeah. But my point is, we have become like, it's been accepted. We all know about the flu. We know it can kill you, da, 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 da. But it, I don't want to confuse it with COVID-19 at all because, you know, there's not mm-hmm. a vaccine for it yet. What I'm saying is after a while, the public's mind just kind of gets used to it. I smoke cigarettes. I know I can get cancer from it, but, you know, I still continue to do that. So I'm an example of that because people sure. are always like, well, cancer kills more people than this. That We don't really know how many people COVID-19 can kill yet because we don't know its full extent yet. We don't know if they're going to have a vaccine. And this stuff about vaccines being available soon. I mean, you have to take those for a year trial to make sure it doesn't right, kill the people that are taking yeah. the vaccine. So I, a lot of that talk is very premature too. And again, uh, I, I'm a, by no means a medical professional, but I just know again, I mean, even from talking with medical professionals during this crisis, um, but each year when the flu vaccine is created, it's, it's unique each year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the same old generic thing being given to you. And they are sure. different forms of, um, of vaccines, you know, you have live attenuated, you have uh, different, you can have pretty much uh, dead, uh, and which, so like the polio vaccine, for instance, it's just dead, right. and it, but it's given to you because your body will build 
uh, and it mm-hmm. identifies the antigens and all of that, and it builds against you know resistance against it. So same way with the flu. Each year when they make it, that's why when you get a flu vaccine, you feel effects of it. You might get a little bit of a fever. You might get a headache for a couple days. Well, it's because you've literally been injected with the flu, but your body identifies that and can build resistance against it mm-hmm. in case you actually catch the real flu. Mm-hmm. So yeah, with this coronavirus, uh, the the thing is, is that people are just, uh, again, there's so much personal impact with it. For one, people think it's a political process. So people are up in arms about it. And then people are just you know, again, fearful and un- and it's just the unknown and people don't like the unknown. We don't like the unknown as humans. It's just the simple fact. And the business part of it, yes, we could have probably, not we, but according to some people, we could have stayed open for, kept things going. Well, say you did that for another month and things just went great. You just continued to make money. Then all of a sudden you have 50,000 cases of it or a hundred thousand. And then, you know, you, the, the short-term gain was not worth the long-term effect of what could have happened from this. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it still could get to the level where we could have, you know, more actions being taken by the government to deal with it. But when it gets so bad that the government has to shut everything down because we just continue to act like those spring breakers and keep everything open, you talk about some really long-term things. Hopefully, yep. doing what we're doing now in a month or so, maybe we can see some progress and get back on the regular track and deal with that hit we're going to take. If you do nothing who knows what happens. I mean, you could be talking about permanent collapses of businesses and an economy. I mean, it does not take that much to get these things off offline and yeah. sidetracked. I just think a lot of people, we're all frustrated. There's been a lot of emotions with this. We've had emotional arguments in the newsroom and, you know, at our, our work about this all week about, you know, how, how should be, how should it be treated? How should it be reacted to? Are we overreacting? Are we underreacting? It's an emotional thing, but I think you got to use region, reason and logic. Yeah. And that's not a lot of that being used by some people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's what I was going to say. I think a lot of this, too, is that, again, here in Glasgow and Barron County, a lot of the time I feel like we're untouchable. I feel Mm -hmm. like nothing's going to happen here. Um, But, I mean, it it can go for anything. But I think this is really, uh, you know, shown that this can impact us and we are not just invincible to anything um, because we do have people in and out of our community. We do have the tendency to, uh, you know travel around and you know different things being brought in so like as far as a virus goes it's very easy that it could be here if it's not already so i just think that's interesting but again like i said aaron you know you obviously being in more of a uh, heavily populated area with you know more diversity if you will that it's very apparent yes it is and i'm glad to be back here in uh in glasgow but it's still very much you know can be present here in mm-hmm. glasgow and Barron county you know you don't want to say that and invoke fear in anybody you don't right. want to uh you know i don't mean to, to scare pe- uh, people with that statement but it just um well, it's you know, important it's, it's, it's to important to know and uh, just like with the statistics people talking about you know as we keep seeing i keep seeing uh, espn reports of more and more nba players oh, yeah. that are testing positive right. uh and there, you know, someone. There's a a statement that was made today that said that you know 50% of players could possibly be uh, diagnosed with this, and it's like you got to look at like it's not just going to happen to NBA players and famous people that they're reporting on the news. Yep. This is going to reach every corner uh, of the world, really. Right. Um, I mean, it it, well, it, it, it has. already has, I mean, and it's, and it's uh, going to re and it's going to spread further, and so. Yeah, it's you know that that's what's kind of crazy is like uh, almost two months ago now. I remember I was uh, was at the gym uh, on the treadmill and I was listening to uh, the Up First podcast mm-hmm. and they were talking about this in, in China and that just it just sounded like it's that's 
God, not no. going to happen. That, that's not that's staying over there. They'll have it figured yes. out. Like it'll it'll figure itself out. You didn't realize, I, you know, had no clue that just fast forward in such a short time and it's, you know, knocking on our right. doors. Right. And so I remember watching some of the initial reports, not, this is where we also talk about the media. People have been so critical. A lot of the media here, where you look at what happened in China and stuff, of course, you're talking about state run media. And so a lot of the information coming out was non-existent, especially at first, but through social media and whatnot, you were able to get a little bit of a picture of what was going on. I remember telling somebody in early February, watching some of the social media, I was like, this is kind of scary to me. And, I don't get the same feeling from this that I get from other things, just kind of watching what was happening, the quarantines going on and whatnot. And I was kind of laughed off at the time. People were saying, oh, this happens all the time. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, when you see a big country like China going to these extremes to combat something, I mean, we're, we're talking about a pretty serious level. And as Brennan's yeah. already explained how quickly these things can spread, it, it gave me a little bit of fear at the yep. time, though, that I think it would come to shutting things down the way we've seen. No, I didn't envision it like that, but I could, thought sure. it might have some effect on the economy. You could see people here getting sick. I flew out to Arizona a couple of weeks after that for spring training. And, you know, I remember seeing some people, um, there's a connecting flight. We were on out to go into California. They were already wearing masks and whatnot. And some of them people were just kind of laughing it off like, oh, this is silly, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Now it's, you know, they, they knew pretty much what they were doing and, you know, kind of were taking good precautions because, you know, now you couldn't pay me enough money to get on a plane. There's no way yeah. I'd get on one now. I hate to say that for the travel industry. but Right. Well, that's what I was going to say, too, again, about being untouchable. Like, I mean, we have crowded areas here. I mean, take, for instance, in like, you know, it – I know just being, uh, you know, a, a graduate of high school just, uh, you know, a year ago, um, the the amount of students in one hallway during a class change is just mm-hmm. would surprise a lot of people mm-hmm. here. I Especially think. for a fifth year senior. Yeah, exactly. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, <laughs> literally like you're on top of each other in a hallway. And, and that is reality, though, in a lot of places around the U.S. Like people right. are you know, piled up on top of each other at the grocery store or even just, you know, in traffic or, I mean, you've seen pictures of New York City, people just walking on sidewalks. There's a lot of people. We don't see that here, but I do just want to add that that I think is the thing with this is that, again, it it doesn't seem like it could happen here, but, you know, it, it is. And in fact, I mean, we've had, uh, I know at least one person tested here in Barron County. Eight. Uh, eight people. Yes, so eight yeah. people. Okay. People that we know of lost the figure. Team. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. But you think how small that is, though, compared to how many people live? Somebody was talking about that yesterday on Twitter. They were like, well, you know, Kentucky doesn't have that many cases in Barron County. I was like, well, as of Wednesday, only eight people out of what, 45,000 people have been tested yeah. in their right. county. So, you know, not trying to scare people, but. Again, it's not fear. That's the thing. I mean, I, I'm not here to criticize anybody that's in power as a position, but I think that. you know that's been pinpointed out it's like okay journalists are creating creating fear by asking questions about well is it here is it there that's not creating fear that's trying to identify if there's a problem Mm -hmm. i mean would you want someone to neglect to tell you if there was a forest fire moving toward your home that's in the forest don't scare me well don't scare me with that i don't want to think about it it's your fault too i don't want to think about tell us this was happening so that's just an invalid argument there Mm but um and two i know we we always talk a lot about uh you know we take up for journalists which as we should uh but this term media has been used i know a lot of uh, journalists have said you know journalists are not the media and so just to just to clarify that i mean 
you know, the term media can apply to anything, a blogger, a, a vlogger, you know, differences there. And again, journalist or any sort of network. Uh, those are all types of media. The media as a noun, I don't think just applies to uh, where you get your news from, because mm-hmm. in that case, then that neglects every other form of media. Again, we talked about social media. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a form of media, which creates a lot of falsities out there. So there's just a lot to consume, and I think that's what creates a lot of confusion for people, and, and it scares people. Again, it's the unknown. Well, I would like to um, change it up a little bit here. Okay. We talked about the negative. Yeah. But there has been some good things I've seen, you yeah. know, locally. and Cancel Corona. Right. So what are some good things you guys have seen, either locally or statewide or nationally, that this has brought up? Do you want to take this? I, I can take this. I like because take I, it, have, take I have thought about this. Uh and uh, Take talk, talked about with someone uh, earlier today about this, actually. Uh, the, I think what this does, which I saw a negative article about this uh, that said that corona can lead to the Amazonification of America. Oh, wow. They uh, talking about how people rely on yeah. online shipping sure. platforms sure. like like Amazon more than local retailers, sure. which I understand and, and completely agree with. Sure. One thing that I think that is a positive is that this will shift uh, our thinking a lot in the gen- in the, re- the direction of technology mm-hmm. because we are finding out that a lot of things for schools are able to be mm-hmm. done online, sure. a lot of things for your work are able to be done home online, and I think it just brings a new uh i think when we return to to normal i guess we'll think we'll have a new appreciation for the internet and i think mm-hmm. where people there's a argument is is the internet a, a luxury or is it a utility and mm-hmm. i think this virus proves it's a utility Absolutely. in my opinion well i mean you could get into a whole lot of arguments on that too but even with net neutrality and stuff you know the mm-hmm. way we yeah. we look at the way the internet should be monitored and the way it should be fair for all or whatever all that uh, but another positive too. I, I thought you were going there with this, but I was going to go a different avenue. Mm-hmm. So a lot again, a lot of the impact we're reinforcing this impact on local businesses. Like mm-hmm. you know, be sure you're still showing them service during this time. Mm-hmm. But I think this reinforces the importance of showing small businesses and your local businesses support through any time because mm-hmm. these people are operating their businesses just like you know you go to work every day and expect a paycheck because you do your job well they're they're doing their job but take a restaurant for instance they they're not gonna have a paycheck unless you eat there or you shop there whatever so i think it reinforces that point too absolutely and i I agree with both what you said and i also add i'd like seeing how people are trying to help their their neighbors out i've seen several things posted on about asking for volunteers to help shop for the elderly people asking about ways they can help those who are, you know, economically challenged. I was in a couple of our local restaurants getting to-go orders this week, and um, the owners made sure to tell me that if we knew of anyone who was elderly, who needed food, who couldn't pay for it, couldn't get it delivered to them, that they would take care of it, just let them know, don't make a big deal out of it. And humanity, they always say crisis doesn't really build character, reveals it. I think there's a lot of really good people in Glasgow and Barron County. And when things get tough, they step up and show, hey, we're going to help each other out. We're going to take care of each other. And that's always a great thing to see. I was going to say in the education sector, I mean, wow. I mean, just today, I... You know, I went uh, with one of the Barron County school buses. Just I went on one of the routes earlier this morning just to kind of see what it was like. And I mean, it's just amazing just, Mm -hmm. you know, to see uh, kids and families waiting there for the bus to come.
come to give them, uh, you know, breakfast and lunch. And I, I just know that is impacting so many people, mm-hmm. but it's impacting the people that are able to serve too. I know that, um, again, like you said, so many people are just coming out and showing what humanity is about, but it is just amazing. I mean, from seeing, uh, dolphins and clear water in Venice and yeah. then seeing, you know, character here locally, it's just amazing what humankind really can do for the planet and, and for our everyday lives. But again, we just get so caught up in our lives, you know, everyday quick shuffle and we take things for granted. Yeah. And, exactly. and yeah. this has certainly shown us what we can do if we just have a common mission and we're fighting a common enemy right now. I know that's been termed and I, I totally agree. Um, we're all in this together. Uh, we have to be essentially because uh, if not, then like you said, I mean, we're going to continue to suffer. Exactly. And, and at the state, like what I saw is a great state initiative. I, I think it's a social campaign that they're doing. Like it's a hashtag where we are, con- we're in this together or something like yes. that. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. We're in this together, KY or something like right. that. And I think that's a great message. And yeah, I think it, this, this, you know, as terrible of a, of an illness as this is in pandemic uh, sweeping across our world, I think it will grow build a, um, a great sense of community in all of us and i okay. think that's uh, that's wonderful uh, wonderful to see even um it even if they are such trying times it's good to see that you right. know at, that we are still good and there are there, there are great people out there and that we all can work together a couple weeks ago i tried to get brendan to commit to a we are in this together campaign mm-hmm. he told me to get lost and <laughs> block me on facebook yeah it's a different story <laughs> still on twitter though yeah uh, kept you there kept you there. up on myspace yeah yeah <laughs> well uh you know I feel like I always say that we had a good conversation because, well, we're involved in we it. Right? Aaron here today. It's been yeah, a great conversation. It's been a great conversation. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm thrilled that we're able to identify some of the positive things going on uh, just because, again, that's what really matters in this. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of negative out there, a lot of, again, fear, but it's uh, paying attention to what's important and just relying on, you know, common sense here, too, is a big thing. So um, I, you know, I'm just always uh, looking forward to seeing how uh, people are reacting to anything that's, I guess, given to them. And right now they're given a bad hand, if you will. Uh, but they're kind of, you know, humanity is showing out for it for sure. Absolutely. And as you said, we can get through it together. Just got to keep a calm head and make sure, realize that, you know, we got to do what we need to do for the next month or two to get through this, or it's going to last a lot longer. But if we do what we need to do and we just make some of the sacrifices we're asked to make that we can get through this and, you know, get back to a, a normal way of life and hopefully a better way of life for the reasons we just discussed. That's right. And, you know, on a funnier note here, um, telling you what this COVID-19 uh, coverage has really made me, uh, made my eyes twitch, made my head yeah. hurt. Um, and this, uh, you know, on the air by accident, I don't, I don't think anybody heard it, uh, because you dropped an F-bomb, no, not that, oh. but I did have a slip up by accident. Instead of saying, well, I said, hell, Oh my gosh. <laughs> How many calls did you get about from the Sunday morning crowd? Nah, <laughs> not very many, but, but I just, I joke about that because I, I accidentally said, well, and hell. So it was well, hell. And <laughs> you know. Oh, I man. just I just slipped up and said it, but you know, uh, like you, you know, I just can't help but think about you going home in the evening, just sitting there with your cat, just you know, watching that old movie. I'm like, well, hell. Yeah. yeah. Well, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> going back in the morning. That's but, pretty much. It's, yeah. You know. Yeah. It's uh like I said, this is not really mess with my routine too much at all. But uh, you know, I feel bad for everybody else who has. But yeah, that's pretty much me at nights, Brennan, just hanging <laughs> yeah. out with the cats and. Yeah, thinking strange. of ways that we can, uh, as the media, get together and yeah. pass along some conspiracies, and yeah. you know, then I go to sleep. It's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> good deal. Well, and rinse and repeat. 
Well, I, I appreciate you guys uh, today. Uh, you know, great, great talks for sure. Um, you know, like I always say, if there's anything that uh, you as a listener want us to know about or uh, react about, uh, just, you know, give us a ring, give us an email, whatever. Uh, my phone here, 270-651-9149 or Bren, B-R-E-N-N dot crane at gmail.com. And Daniel? You can call it the Daily Times, 270-678-5171. Email me at D-S-U-D-D-D-A-T-H at GlasgowDailyTimes.com. Just a quick note, our front office will be closed for the foreseeable future to keep the public safe, keep us safe and everything, but we'll still be operating on business as usual. So don't hesitate to call us with any news or concerns. That's exactly uh, us here at WCOU. Uh, We are mailing out any sort of prizes that you may win over the air. And, you know. Me? uh, Well, I don't think you're not eligible. Sorry. But anyway, and then uh, we'll give you El- uh, Aaron's, uh, I almost called you Elton for some reason. Well, Elton, wow. <laughs> we'll give you Aaron's cell phone number. You yeah, can you harass ahead. him. You can just call me. I don't even just, <laughs> I'm not busy, so just uh, if you want to talk. Uh, <laughs> well. Follow me on Twitter. It's not interesting. We but. can tell. We can tell. Aaron's Twitter is interesting. Don't let him lie to you. He sounds not so old Trust me. Well, it's great. We appreciate it as always. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's it for today. You've been listening to the 